0: The following podcast is a Dear Media production.
1: Hey everyone, welcome back to Friend of a Friend. I'm your host, Olivia Perez. I'm a journalist, interviewer, and the creator of the show, where we get to sit down, meet a new friend, and go inside the minds of some of the most innovative and creative forces shaping our world today. I'm so excited to introduce you guys to today's friend because they are actually one of my first friends at NYU ever that I met in an NYU writing class. So naturally, I'm so proud and excited to watch the ascension to this really iconic moment. His name is Eric Eidelstein, and he is a writer on HBO's Gossip Girl reboot. Eric and I got to sit down in New York City and talk about his journey as a writer and how he got his foot in the door in the writer's room in one of TV's biggest shows today. Eric gives us a little behind the scenes of creating the show, from paying homage to the original, including some of New York City's hottest spots, yes I know we all died over that Christopher John Rogers moment, what it was like working with the iconic Tavi Gevinson, to his response to some of Twitter's most critical threats. And for aspiring writers, he also gives us his best tips, from how to cure writer's block to navigating the entertainment industry. I hope you guys loved today's episode. I had so much fun recording this one because we went through so many old memories and it was just great to catch up with an old friend. So I'm so appreciative of the space when I get to do that. If you haven't followed the show yet and you find yourself coming back and listening, take the time to follow us and leave us a review. It really helps us grow. If you love the show, share it with your friends and share it on social media. I love seeing when you guys are listening. So take a screenshot when you do, tag me and I will always reshare and usually say hi and slide in the DMs. Thank you all so much for tuning in today. I appreciate you guys, and I hope you have an amazing week ahead. Make sure you tune into Gossip Girl every Thursday night on HBO Max. Here's my friend, Eric Eidelstein. Hi, old friend.
0: Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. It's nice to see you.
1: It's been a minute. Yeah. It's been a minute. Like, I would say from college to now, I feel like we've, like, had our sporadic bump-ins. Yeah. And, like, every time, like, you were in L.A., I was in L.A. And then something called COVID happened, and I feel like we've not had a moment to like really catch we're up.
0: We're like we're star crossed.
1: We really are star crossed lovers. Yeah. Like I feel like I'm still picking up with you where I left off, and like I still feel like we've just like had a yeah a long distance. We've bond. been
0: doing like that classic thing where you see each other like oh my god we have to get together and like no but it's like sincere. we mean it. It's sincere. Yeah, we yeah, mean yeah. it. It's just like <laughs> the world just doesn't let it happen.
1: I know. And I was really, really, really upset when you left LA.
0: Does anyone ever like leave? LA or New York. I don't feel settled in either. And I feel very settled in both. That makes sense. It doesn't make sense.
1: You know, it's funny. I woke up this morning and I felt the same way for the first time in a while, where I was like, oh, I actually do feel like I'm not, maybe my first time back here post COVID. And like, I feel like this applies to so many people if you're moving or like you're going back home again, whatever it is. Like, I woke up this morning and I was like, oh, I feel like I'm actually taking a breath. Like, my anxiety is not raging. I'm not like trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do today. Like, I feel like I'm able to coexist in both places and, like, create threads of life in both places.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Let me know tips on that.
1: (laughs) So, Eric and I met in college. I'm wildly, like, proud to see where he is now because I have, like, of a lot of my college memories, for some reason, that writing class with you was a really poignant one for me. I feel like it was really formative for both of us and just, like, I don't know, maybe it was formative for me. Yeah. Because you were a really talented writer. Like, that was my... No, that I remember being like, okay, he's the only one good one in this class.
0: I think it was like one of, it was definitely my, it was like freshman year. It was, it was my right? first writing yeah. class at NYU, which is like why I came here to do that. Right. We had like a hot, I think, grad student professor or hot in my like ref, like reflective.
1: What do you remember from that class? What was your NYU experience like? Because <laughs> I feel like besides that, that class, we would run into each other often, but we were like forever bonded from that class. Yeah.
0: What was my NYU? I feel like I'm constantly reflecting. On like what my NYU experience is like, and ultimately, like my most succinct version of talking about it is, I feel like I went to NYU because I knew I didn't want like a college experience, and ultimately, I just wanted to like be an adult like way too fast, which is like good and bad. And I feel like NYU kind of thrusts you into life, while like college is like a cushion for most people. And I don't know, I just felt like I was working really young, and I was just able to do things I wanted to do, and like NYU was kind of the the backdrop to that. And it was kind of like, I guess, scaffolding. But it was never like it was more about living in New York for me.
1: Absolutely. I
0: feel like that was the case for a lot of us.
1: Yeah, I think I always like say going to NYU is like going to night college. Yeah. Like you do and you accomplish and like you go after heavily and aggressively all the things that you want to do during the day and then you'll go and get your credits at night so you can end up graduating. That was my experience. Yeah, I barely felt like I was in school for a certain amount
0: of time yeah at some point like you kind of you got like all your classes like on two days a week so the other yeah. three you were just like doing real shit and
1: oh I fully like my my senior year I had two classes both semesters so that I could have a freelance job yeah the whole yeah. time and that was the norm so many people had done that and if you weren't doing that by the time you were a junior it was like weird
0: yeah for sure yeah. Like so if you're like ambitious I guess it was like the nice way to go about it because I felt like I I still do, like, I was, like, young to do a lot of things, and I'm, like, it was nice to feel that way, kind of ahead of it.
1: I was such a city girl. I was the most cliche New York City, like, new person in town from LA who thought she was living sex in the city life and working at Teen Vogue and wearing heels to class.
0: And what's wrong with that?
1: (laughs) Um, I, like, sometimes get the shivers when I think about
0: it. But I feel like everyone comes here with, like, a vision of themselves. Right. And, like, what they want their experience to be in, like, Sex in the City feels like a type of...
1: I had also never seen it before I moved here. Okay. And someone told me to watch it when I was in the dorms. I was in Hayden Hall. And getting to watch that for the first time while living here yeah. and experiencing it all kind of in real life was actually um, an experience that I like don't take for granted.
0: I feel like that was Gossip Girl for a lot of people. It was. For freshman year because I think it started streaming on Netflix around then. So that it was absolutely like... It was. I remember like... Everyone in my dorm, there was like a, a phase where everyone was just like either for the first time or rewatching Gossip Girl. And I think that's when I watched it for the first time.
1: Really? You didn't watch yeah. it? It came out when we were in high school, right? It did.
0: I think. Okay. Yeah. I think the original started in 2007.
1: Yeah. So, so I thought. Yeah. I remember, I remember like my parents being like, what is this show that everyone's watching Yeah. around eighth, ninth grade? Like, I know
0: of it. I knew of its existence and I definitely right. like had seen episodes here or there, but I wasn't like in it, in it. But then, yeah, it came out like it. We started streaming when we were freshmen, but also that was the year girls came out. Our freshman yeah, year. Yeah, you actually and I had like a yeah. really,
1: really magical moving to New York moment because we had sex in the city, we had friends, we had girls that had just come out, and Gossip Girl had just ended.
0: Yes. Yeah. So like
1: it was just this like time of like immense energy and this like pretty phenomenal projection of what New York City was yeah. like.
0: Yeah, like do you want to yeah. like be a Bushwick? <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, that's what like started feeling aspirational was like how Girls was. but
1: Totally. Yeah. Totally. And it was nice because it was kind of this like great snapshot of what the city was. Mm-hmm. And I think as someone and like if you guys are listening right now and you're thinking about moving to New York, it was just this really amazing way to find yourself because you end up moving to the place where you have your biggest aspiration and what you see on TV and like you're literally in it doing yeah. what you want and doing what you've seen. And somehow along the way, you end up finding yourself somewhere in the middle. Yeah. It's like a really, really beautiful way to find yourself because you're going from the extreme to like maybe what you are when you're 18. And I don't know. I found I feel like I found myself pretty quickly while living here yeah. or, and like really got to know myself differently.
0: Yeah. You kind of you build t- your, your tastes and you make a lot of mistakes to get there and like you know you try out a, t- a bunch of different looks and,
1: and oh god
0: yeah
1: oh god the, but, the 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 spectrum of looks yeah i think i was emotional
0: like, looks too i meant oh emotional
1: looks too yeah. probably more emotional Emotion, looks yeah, than anything for sure. yeah i can't like walk around washington square park anymore without being like had a meltdown there had a meltdown there yeah. made out with a guy there <laughs> that was like
0: When I moved to LA, that was, like, part of the reason I felt, like, so bogged down by my experiences here. I'm, like, panic attack at that restaurant. Like, I just felt like I couldn't escape that. Because that's another thing. Like, living in the city, you went to college. And after, you have, like, four years of chaos to reflect on. So, it's, like, you can't escape that. And I felt, like, everywhere I went, I was surrounded by, like, unpleasant or chaotic memories. And I needed, like, space from that.
1: Is that why you moved to LA?
0: I mean, it's not, like, the reason. It was definitely, like… 50% 50% Forty right. which I guess is a huge percentage. no it's a big thing but yeah it was like I needed I knew I always wanted to be here and I wanted to come back here but I knew I needed space from here and like I need to breathe
1: do you feel like moving to LA was helpful oh yeah as a writer
0: for 100% yeah. yeah just like the relationships you can build there I mean not that like a TV and film industry doesn't exist here but right. it's mostly there and I think starting out and building relationships there was was the way for me to go about it
1: yeah i feel that way about new york yeah because now i feel like there are so many people that i'm coming in contact with that i maybe met through college whether i was working or people that have like shifted jobs and i like really 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 am so grateful for that because you have that that touch point you've made those connections and those are all there for you to eventually use down the line
0: yeah it's interesting seeing like nyu people
1: Oh, it's the, I mean, hi.
0: Yeah, exactly. No, no, yeah. Like, we're all doing our things and, like, we all know each other and we can connect like this.
1: Yeah, there's definitely, like, a big sense of camaraderie in that. I love it. We'll be right back after a quick break. This podcast is brought to you by Athleta, a performance lifestyle brand for women committed to unlocking their limitless potential. The guiding principles that drive every design, beauty, innovation, and sustainability. Each style is crafted for the unique needs of female bodies in motion. And this summer, Athleta is your go-to shorts destination. distraction free and ultra lightweight, their shorts are designed so that nothing can get in the way of you and your goals. From bike shorts to Bermudas, run shorts to everyday staples, they have your shorts. My personal favorite combo right now is the Accelerate Shorty. It's a pair of black shorts that I've talked about so often because they truly have become my go-to short short. They come in the perfect black color so I can wear them every single day with anything. But something I loved pairing them with is the Athleta Pacifica Illum UFP fitted tank. They come in really bright colors, which I love because I always love wearing something that pops. I have it in a pink and a bright red. It comes with a little zip in the front. And it's an amazing tank that I wear usually when I go on a hike or if I'm working out outside because the sun is so strong in LA right now. And I like to wear something where I know I'm getting a little bit of coverage. It's truly the best set and has really become my go-to for when I know that I am working out and enjoying the great outdoors. In honor of short season, Athleta is encouraging us to lead with our legs, whatever that looks like for you. Whether it's running a new personal record, climbing to new heights, or standing up for what you believe in, let your legs lead you forward. And summer is the time to celebrate the legs that move us forward. Find your new favorite pair of shorts at Athleta and let your legs lead the way. Visit Athleta in stores or online at athleta.com to shop their full range of shorts available in sizes extra, extra small to 3X.
0: Hi, I'm Gabby Bernstein. Over the past 15 years, it's been my mission to help people crack open to a spiritual connection of their own understanding. On my podcast, Dear Gabby, I offer up real-time coaching, straight talk, and guidance on stress, burnout, loss, relationships, spirituality, and everything in between. There's no small talk here, there's only big talk. Dear Gabby isn't just a podcast, it's a movement. People need to feel loved. They need clear guidance. And most of all, they need to know they're not alone. I've got your back, my friend. Join me every Monday for a new episode of Dear Gabby.
1: Okay, so let's get into Gossip Girl, because okay. you've brought it up one too many times at this
0: point. I was like giving you all the ins. No,
1: no, yeah. I, I mean, from journalist journal, journalist. He yeah. was literally yeah. feeding me like, my spe- interview. Speaking
0: of, yeah.
1: I would love to know, because I feel like in the gap of time of when you moved to LA and you were coming back here, what was the entryway in getting hired to write for Gossip Girl?
0: Yeah, so when I moved out to LA, I was working on like scripts and I was trying to send them out and I was willing to sort of take any job, like whether that was like at an agency or a management company, it was like, I'm going to do I'm going to do it. I'm going to like start from the bottom, work my way up.
1: He's really starting from the bottom guys. Yeah. I mean,
0: (laughs) fortunately, I and this goes back to NYU, I kind of had a little bit of a career here and and it was in entertainment and not that side of entertainment. I just worked as as a journalist and I. You know, I wrote about film and criticism and I was interviewing people and I think like I had a bunch of relationships and I had writing clips. It wasn't the same, but it was like enough that I like I had something so. So for some reason, I like attracted the attention of of cool people who were in the career in the industry who kind of knew of me, even if we weren't in the same exact field. And um, my current boss, who's the creator of this iteration of Gossip Girl and was ran the original one and was on it since the beginning, Uh, he and I were like followers. We followed each other on Twitter. I mean, if you
1: guys if you guys don't follow Eric on Twitter, it's a must follow. Yeah. Chaos, chaos, chaos. It it is chaotic (laughs) and so fun.
0: Thank you. I appreciate that. Anytime. Um, It makes
1: me feel validated in a lot of my chaotic thoughts. Good. Yeah.
0: yeah, Because I as opposed to just like keeping them to yourself, I just. Speaking say them yeah, absolutely yeah
1: it's very therapeutic um. <laughs> love
0: it but uh yeah my boss and i we were we're both cinephiles and like we i watched a shit ton of movies like i watch like two movies a day whoa um it's really? ca- yeah it's kind of compulsive like i need to see something before we go to bed
1: okay um, do you finish it yeah wow yeah
0: i'm not a great sleeper so i okay i just do that
1: what's um. like your favorite thing you've ever watched
0: you can't do that
1: okay <laughs> what's your favorite thing in the past month that you've watched um
0: I really like Zola. I, I keep oh, thinking about it. Oh, I haven't seen it. it yet. And okay. I'm like,
1: there's a A24 screening room for it tonight. And I'm like, oh, yeah, do I, I just sit that. at home alone and watch it? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, it just feels, also I'm from Miami and it's yeah. very Florida in a way that it just felt very Florida. And um, I don't know. I keep thinking about it. So that must be a, a good thing when something haunts me.
1: It's that's I think that's always the stamp in my mind of something that actually impacts you. Yeah, it's it's imprinted in your brain. And I haven't even seen Zola and watching the promo and I'm like a big. I'm a big interview person, obviously. I like sit on YouTube and watch all the behind the scenes. I'm like a weirdo. Like I'll sit on YouTube and watch like the last day of filming for Harry Potter and like see what people are saying to each other and like how they're interacting. I I love all that. Yeah, I love that shit. Like that's just stuff that like really like kind of fuels me and I find really interesting. So for Zola, watching kind of all those behind the scenes, even their interviews from Sundance, like I was really, really just yeah. like gravitating like to everyone, and have stuck in my brain. And
0: everyone involved in that is such a personality. Like yeah. Janixa, Jeremy, right. all the actors. So it's like you want to be kind of around the cults of Zola.
1: I mean, you know that I'm just in the Nicholas Braun cults in general. So. I
0: mean, who amongst who, us? Is yeah, that? Who,
1: like put your hand up because you need to leave. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so automatically I'm just like sold. Yeah. Love. Yeah.
0: But my boss and I like bonded over that we would dm about movies and kind of just developed a relationship like that and he he lives he's based in new york and was living in new york and i was in la but he was coming out to la a bunch because he was trying to sell a pilot and over that period we got drinks and we hit it off and he was very generous and like offered to read my pilot gave me notes on it was like really impressed by it had a lot of kind things to say and he kind of loosely you know, told me that if the show that he was working on went, that I could be the writer's assistant on it, which would be like a huge career bump move. Like I would have to I would be able to skip all the, like the unpleasant stuff. <laughs> like, no offense, like lots of gratitude and appreciation for everyone who's gone up that way. But like no one wants to be in a mailroom if you don't have to be. Of course. But uh, yeah, so yeah, his 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 pilot it was it was called Mixtape at the time it went to Fox, then it moved to Netflix and became soundtrack Oh, and, cool. yeah, I did
1: not know that. Yeah. And
0: so it was a it's a musical drama on, yeah. on Netflix and I was lucky enough to work on that. And while working on that, he he heard from the original producers of gospel. They were looking for a take because they wanted to bring it back and they've been wanting to bring it back. And he had an idea. And I think the idea was the teachers and like this way into it that felt right. And I think everyone. Warner Brothers and HBO Max just responded to it immediately and it just took off and I followed along. <laughs> yeah, and it really was like that. Um, I mean, I like had to interview and I had to still you know do it. But yeah. Uh, yeah, and suddenly I'm on like the show that ultimately was very important to me in college and kind of was always in my mind in some sort of way. I feel like it's something that we always reference. It is like Sex and the City in New York for like no, our generation. It's
1: absolutely like if you find in the archive somewhere, deep down. If you find photos of me from my first year living in New York, what do you think I was wearing? I was wearing heels headbands? and like headbands and a mini skirt and like a white yeah. button down. And like I never wore that in LA. Yeah. But just being here, it was almost in my subconscious to like embody something that I had like seen and admired so greatly.
0: Yeah. Are you, you know? who who did you identify with?
1: Most. i'm a serena you're, yeah i'm definitely a serena people i got i used to get a lot of dms being like oh my god you're literally blair, blair waldorf in real life and i was like oop tra- time to re- like time to rebrand like time to figure yeah. my shit out just
0: wanted to be a serena
1: <laughs> um i mean i think people are like i you know talk about this often like people love to put people in boxes and it's like oh the brunette in fashion there's blair right um so it was just an e- easy cheap shot I want to hear a little bit about what it's like to be in a writer's room because I am always so captivated by that process. I've never been in one, so I wonder just kind of like if you can set the scene for us of what it's really like. Because I can imagine in my mind, I'm like, okay, you're sitting around a table with a bunch of other writers, and you're all advocating for like for your ideas, building out storylines. But would love to hear what your experience was like in that writer's room.
0: Yeah, for sure. I I think first and foremost, like everyone is every writer's room is different to an extent, but I think the thing that like unites them all is. There has to be like, unlike most jobs, like an intense intimacy because you are surrounded by people all day long in a room and you have to share stories about yourselves in order to create stories with other people. So like you really have to let the walls down. It like feels like group therapy a lot of the times. And I mean, Gossip Girl requires you to also like go back to your like teen years. So there was a lot of like recounting virginity stories, like recounting like first time doing drugs stories. So There's an intensity to it for sure. But I think the the most fun part for me and was very specific to this room is like everyone had to learn New York in a certain way. A lot of people in the room weren't from New York or didn't know it as well as my boss who lived the Gossip Girl lifestyle. He's like an Upper East Side or went to like Horace Mann kind of lived that life. So like we would like, you know, he would draw maps for us and tell us like the restaurants and like, you know, that education was really interesting because yeah it was a very actually research heavy show cuz you really have to know the city in order to write about these kids and right. how they maneuver it for me what's what's most fun about that is like i just step up my game like yeah i like, i have to figure out who Christopher John Rogers is like i'm into I'm fashion. Offended. i'm like into fashion now and like that was not a thing like i know the restaurants to go to like i know right. i know what's going on in new york in a way that like okay, i so didn't before
1: what's the restaurant to
0: go to oh no the spot <laughs> the restaurant plural um well, I mean, there's different, there's different vibes. Like, right. I, like, you know, if we have a, a nice family dinner later, we, we went to, oh, I don't want to spoil anything, but we went to a really great restaurant okay. that is incredible in Soho. And I learned about okay. that. But um, in episode three, which I think will probably air, yeah. yeah, it's um, Jeremy O'Harris puts on a play and it's at the public and they go see Jeremy O'Harris at the public and, if you know anything like after plays people go to Indochine. like right. that is what you do I like see. for the after party and like
1: <laughs> this is insane yeah
0: I know and like it's like I knew that but I didn't know that in a way and like now yeah. I'm just very attuned to totally to that culture and
1: totally between a Christopher John Rogers fashion show and a Jeremy O'Harris play I think you guys did okay I
0: feel like the point of gospel is you want to be like slightly ahead of it always yeah or I can see that on I mean trend.
1: I mean, Christopher is an is a old friend of mine. Christopher's been on the show. His team is like one of the nicest teams I've ever yeah. had the chance to work with. They are like truly, truly a family and like there's no, there's actually like no team in fashion that I admire more than them. Their hustle is really remarkable. In my perspective, having watched that, like it was a like a monumental moment on both ends. Like it was so cool. I thought it was, amazing that you guys had included that moment. Oh, like, I was like, this yeah. is so in we're so we, I think we were, like,
0: so grateful for...
1: It was just so on the money. Yeah, Like, it was just exactly what, like, a snapshot of New York is like right now. And I think that's something to me that, like, it was very touching to me because it was a snapshot of what New York is like right now that I've been a part of and I've experienced. And so in 10 years from now, if my kids watch that first episode, like, they're going to see Christopher, like, doing a show who, like, is someone I love and admire. They're going to see Lindsay Peoples Wagner, who's the editor-in-chief of The Cut, walk in and telling Julian, like, I've been watching you and I've been paying attention. And, like, all that to me was deep, like, resonated so deeply as, like, a journey that I've been a part of and I've been able to witness. And, like, it just was so, so yeah. cool to watch.
0: Yeah, I think on that, like, as you're saying, like, that you, if your kids watch it, there's an element to it that I'm excited for people to see, like, in the way that we watched the original. It's, like, period in a way. Like, it, no, it, it, it takes you to a time in the city with I didn't all the taste. say that.
1: But it is absolutely a yeah. period snapshot of New York in the moment that it's in.
0: And like, I hope like that's I think that's like the legacy you want for a show like this. Is like in, in the way that Sex and Cities as well.
1: Yes, definitely. I'm actually. How do you feel about that reboot?
0: I'm excited. I mean, I just want to be in that world always. So it's hard for me without Kim control. Like it just is going to be hard. Um, totally, and but... I don't.
1: I like hate that I'm going to bring that like the knowledge of the fight and the things and all the pettiness like into this like I'd rather just kind of leave it where it's at
0: yeah yeah. which is
1: why I almost think like there have obviously been a lot of comments on like the new or like a lot of like opinions on like the new iteration of Gossip Girl but at least it's a new iteration totally it's not a let's bring the cast back and redo it because I think that is like a mentality where like you could actually erase mentally like a lot of what we used to see and like replace it with something new. Yeah. Um, whereas this just feels like an extension.
0: Totally. Yeah. yeah. Which has its pros and cons, obviously. Right. And
1: like We'll get into this. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be right back after a quick break. Let's talk about splurging a little bit, because over the past year, I feel like we've all found those things that we love to splurge on that we know will instantly make us feel better. And in particular, fine wine has never let me down in that department. So I'm very excited to share today's sponsor with you guys, Penfolds. Penfolds is one of Australia's oldest and most iconic wineries. And over 20 years ago, they started exploring our gorgeous California soil with the ambition to create the perfect wine unrestricted by vine, border, and continent. Penfolds actually imported South Australian vines into America and planted them in California soil. And today, Penfolds has released its inaugural California collection made from Napa Valley and Californian grapes. Shout out all my California people. We now get the best of both worlds. The collection includes four brand new red wines. And I'm going to tell you guys my favorite one because I know that finding a wine sometimes can be a little tricky. So I'm going to give you my cheat sheet. My favorite one that I've been drinking this summer is the 2018 Bin 600 Cabernet Shiraz. It's really become my go-to wine for just that ultimate summer day. It's a great red wine for dinner. It's a great red wine for a beach day. It's a great red wine to bring to someone's house for a housewarming or it's something that you can just pop open at the end of the day and know that you're getting a great glass after a long day of work. And over the past three years, Penfolds has been working with sourced grapes from quality winemakers. Their wines were made in Napa Valley with Penfolds winemakers on the ground, in the cellars, and in the vineyards. So I know that this is coming from an incredible place and you can definitely taste that incredible quality. To learn more, follow Penfolds on Instagram or head to Penfolds.com. You know what's funny? Of all the things I've been missing over the past year, it's the little things that I miss the most, like making awkward eye contact across the room or meeting a stranger in line. That's what I'm trying to get back to. Vaccination is the most effective way to help prevent COVID-19 and get back to the good times. Find out where you can get your COVID-19 vaccine near you at vaccines.gov. That's V-A-C-C-I-N-E-S.gov. Now let's get back to the show. I basically, right before we did this interview, put an open forum box on Instagram for people to just like submit their thoughts and their questions about the show. And so many came in. I actually was like, I was hesitant to do it because I was like, oh, I'm going to get so many fashion questions, blah, blah, blah. But there were so many questions that came in about like the general storyline and like how certain things came together. Like watching it for the first time, I was like, it actually dawns on me that I think a lot of people had a hard time being like, wait, this isn't the extension, it's actually a whole new chapter. It's a whole new thing. Like in the first episode, they're like, oh yeah, like Nate Archibald went here. Yeah. And you're just, (laughs) that was like the perfect yep up to be like, okay, this is... Not that. Not that. This is literally the future. These things are totally separate from this. Yeah. And I feel like that got mixed reviews. How do you feel about it?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think inevitably when you're bringing something... To the screen that's iconic like i think we all anticipated it like right. there's going to be a faction of people who just want the original like play by play and right. that wasn't going to happen and we couldn't do that and we didn't want to do that um so i sort of like tune that out but it's also fun because those people are the ones who are like watching anyway totally So like divisiveness is kind of great the original was really divisive right so you want that spiciness of course like it hurts to see people disappointed but like the essence of the original is still here, you know. And
1: but are they really disappointed? I
0: bet no, they're you they're just still performing. watching. The next they're just episode. like, per- yeah, they're just performing disappointment. And like, Josh is really interested in like old historical referential dynamics and sister versus sister and like family versus family is. Right. I think it's like even a line that like Luna says in one episode is like it's the dawn of time that is a story we've told. And right. Like it, it feels like classic melodrama. It feels perfect. Um, so, yeah, of course, it's, like, not the same, but I don't really care.
1: <laughs> How do you feel about the cho- choice to expose Gossip Girl from the jump? Uh,
0: I think it was, like, hard and, like, to, to absorb it at first and, right. like, scary. Well, like, because we, keep, we constantly talked about this thing, like, surprise versus suspense. And the original was about, you know, surprise and what, you know, the tension derived from that surprise, like, who is Gossip Girl? And this one, you know, so you don't have the surprise of it, but there's a the suspense and that you don't know what they're going to do. You don't know how it's going to escalate. So it's just a different way of framing it. Um, and once I wrap my head around that, I thought there was just so much fun to be had with totally. these teachers. It's like, okay, it's not the original. And that it's a, it's a clear way of marking that for people. This is not going to be what that was. But now we can do something else. And that's narratively rich. And that's exciting in its own way.
1: Yeah we have to talk about Toby Kevinson. Yeah. We absolutely must. Yeah. I think as people that like moved here in like when they were 18 and like came up, like Rookie was, I feel like, like imprinted in New York culture when yeah. we arrived here and like continued to thrive. Did you work with her one-on-one at all? Or like, did you like
0: get um, We become contact? like, we become friends. I'm dead. Yeah. She's <laughs> dead. like a a genius. Like.
1: I like, I die for toby Toby is just like, I think, yeah. it, a, if you guys are staying at home right now, go on YouTube and watch her 73 questions on Vogue. You will <laughs> literally, like, I was laughing. I was crying. Yeah, I was, like, she's really is.
0: fucking funny, too.
1: She's funny. She's, like, self-deprecating, but, like, very witty about it. Yeah. And, like, it makes you, like, I've never, like, respected someone more when they're being self-deprecating. It's yeah. very weird. She just, she captivates me. Yeah,
0: she's truly one of the smartest people I've ever met. Um, And, like, I knew that before because when we she was just, when you know when rookie was a thing which i didn't even know about till i came to college but she was so young and like brilliant and like so meeting her just no surprise that right. like, that's exactly who she is and um yeah the layers of her being gossip girl and her being in the show it feels like so perfect and i don't even know if even we knew how perfect it it right. was until we heard from everyone or from as you know time went on where it was like yeah this like the, the fact that this is hobby is kind of the secret brilliance of it.
1: I think for a lot of reasons, I think she's also an iconic New York figure yeah. that like pulling into that was just like a further extension of what you were saying earlier. But two, opening up that first episode and seeing Tavi as the teacher, I was like, she's a teacher? I know. I was like expecting her. I think, again, we're going back to this idea of like putting people in the boxes of like, I expected her to be like, she's the blonde. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. Serena, like something along those lines.
0: I think the thing we learned in, in writing this was like actually private school teachers because they get paid, like, significantly less or often right out of college. Right. So it's not unreasonable that, like, you're 24 and a teacher. Right. You know, so... No,
1: totally. I think for me, it was just one of those it, yeah, moments of, expected. like, oh, my God, like, I like, I grew up with, well, like, admiring Tommy. Yeah. Like, wait, are we at that point?
0: Our millennial audience was, like, clearly very affected by that. Like, oh, like, the Twitter old, Twitter old. was popping off yeah. about Tommy
1: being a teacher. Which is... And the
0: fun part of it is, like, Gen Z doesn't really know who she is.
1: Right.
0: So there's this, like... It's like for us. It's for us. (laughs) Like they they can appreciate or not appreciate it in their own way. But like there's this element of it that like really appeals to like people in their 20s and 30s. Right.
1: On the note of the generational divide, I think one thing that like even before the show even came out that was circulating about the show was like, oh, it's going to be like woke gossip girl. Yeah. And I immediately was like, that's such a weird way to frame it because I feel like that means it's like, overly intentional and like first off we haven't even seen it yet so like chill out but would love to hear your thoughts on that because I'm sure that must have been really strange to like be working on a show that's not even out yet and already have like the like it's the woke gossip girl running around
0: yeah I I think we all sort of like wrestled with that like it's 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 hard to see those things or see criticism especially before it came out but also it's kind of exciting like again being talked about like trending right so like all you kind of want but um yeah, I think the thing that frustrated me was there was this, like, misinterpretation of that as that it would be, like, sanitized. And I think all we meant is that, like, talking about social justice is just an inevitable p- part of culture. It is right. the moment. Every kid does it. Doesn't mean that their behaviors will reflect what they're discussing. Doesn't right. mean that we're suddenly making them, like, puritanical. Right. In any sort of way. It's just, like, it is kind of the moment. And if you're, you know... Someone of intelligence and in the world like you are talking about race and you are talking about class so for them not to at least discuss it or be aware of it felt like I mean it, it was just baked into the show and that of I course, think that's yeah. all it meant and like the, the fact that people thought that it would mean that they were suddenly going to be on their best behaviors and there wouldn't be like petty drama is kind of ridiculous right. like they're also extremely rich and act that way
1: <laughs> yeah I mean I think I, I don't know I think it's I hear what you're saying where it's like it's automatically baked in. And like it wasn't in watching it like I wasn't like, oh, this is obvious. You know what I mean? But like I will say I loved seeing because I don't feel like there was as much. Obviously, there was not as much like diversity or like even like diversity and sexuality in the first one. So like it was very straightforward. And so this one, it's like really fun to kind of see that come together, especially in like in a high school setting. I think that that's something that like is really important to be seen on screen. So I'd love to hear, like, what those conversations were like in building those characters out that you knew would be impactful for a wider audience.
0: Yeah, I think it all unfolded very organically. Because, again, that is, like, it is, like, the world that was, it was our writer's room, too. Like, we were made up of many different people who we all wanted to share our own stories. And we had this platform to do it. So, you know, it wasn't, like, sleazy or, like, deliberate in a way that we have to, like, do this. We have to do that because that's what the moment is demanding. It was more right. just like these are the stories we want to tell, yeah. And um, there happened to be stories about like black teens. It happened to be stories about you know queer teens and like and on different you know different journeys. And so it, yeah, it came about in a really natural way, and it and it feels right for this new version of Gossip Girl because New York is like that is what New York yeah. is, and it's not you know necessarily the bubble that it was in the original and if there's any you know huge criticism to make about the original is that it wasn't that then either totally and that was kind of fake right so let's show something that's real and you know it's fun being on tiktok and just looking at what teens are like and what they do and like this is how they talk (laughs) like that was part of our job and this is who they are and we definitely wanted to show that in the show.
1: So fun. Oh, my God. The research for this must have been like, the yeah, most, like demanding, but so fun. It,
0: I mean, it just requires you to be like very online. Right. Like right. I you have to like I just the tick tock holes like that. Right. I went on, Yeah. Following like influencers. You know,
1: I mean, that's like a huge part of the show, which I like was just not expecting, but it was great. But. Yeah, I don't know. I think there's a do you feel like there are obvious parallels to old characters and new characters in the show?
0: I think there are some like that are intentional. Like right. the most obvious one is Max and Chuck, I think. Right. Um, I think it's a different take on like that hedonistic character. He's not as creepy. But I'm obsessed
1: with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like I'm just like wow, this is like the most incredible evolution of this character and he's really hot.
0: Yeah. He's really hot. <laughs>
1: <Yes>. <laughs> You're like, yep, that
0: too. Yeah, that that always works. But, like, also what people don't know is that in the, in the books for the original Gossip Girl, Chuck was bi. Okay. So he was supposed to be this, like, you know, into everyone character. So Max feels like a natural progression of Chuck. Right. Who's a slightly lighter character. I don't think he has that darkness that manifested in, like, problematic moments that people always talk about in the original Gossip Girl. Right. Um, but... Yeah, I think if there's if there's one character who really is that way, it's it's Max. But I think everyone has shades of everyone. Like Audrey has a little bit of Blair.
1: Yes, totally. Um,
0: style-wise too. Uh Julian, I think, has a little bit of Serena. Um Zoya, by the nature of being like the outsider, is is a is Dan, Dan over, yeah. in a way. But and yeah. But I, I don't like we were careful, like these are their own, we didn't want them to be like types right. of the original. I've noticed on online that, like, people are very quick to be like, this is the new Dan. Totally, yeah, totally. And, like, that's fine.
1: I don't know. I kind of like it. It feels like a little, like, just like a taste of something that yeah. feels nostalgic. But there's a whole new world to, like, kind of discover within that. Yeah, and you we, like, I mean?
0: yeah, yeah. And Josh is very, like, he wants to drop these little Easter eggs. Like, I exactly. think the, the outfit that Tavi was wearing in the beginning is… She had a
1: scarf. She had, like, yeah, it, a little scarf Yeah, it on. was
0: Serena's outfit in the pilot right. and, like, opening with looking out the window. I mean, a it was the subway versus the yeah. train, but, like, yeah. it was, you know… We have a bunch of that throughout the season. And
1: right. That's so exciting. I love that. Who is your favorite character to write about?
0: To um, write for? I think Max is fun because it's just like dirty and right. horny. And like,
1: <laughs> I mean, him and Evan Malcolm, like what is happening?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. like that is like all the anything that is like remotely queer is just like easy for me and fun. As it, As things got on, Audrey became one that was really fun for me to write. Yeah, I don't know. She's just like one of my favorite characters going forward. So she's a fun one. The teachers, honestly, like their job is to just basically bully these teens in some sort of way. So,
1: okay. I feel like this is something that one of the like most like responded things I got was why are the kids now acting good in school because of Gossip
0: Girl? Yeah. I mean, I think that is going to be, a, that is like part of the arc. So it's okay. it's going to be an evolving, okay. an evolving thing in the show. But I think the idea was Gossip Girl shines a mirror on yourself. and forces you to reflect and look at your own behavior. Okay. So it wasn't, it's not as clean cut as, like, suddenly they're going to be, like, best friends the teachers. It's just, like, right. in focusing on who you are in this world and being forced to look at that, right. your overall behavior and the way you treat others around you will change. Teachers are super divisive, obviously. There's people who, right. like, even in, in in reviews, like, there's people who think it's, like, the most original and creative part of, of the reboot. A lot of people think it's unnecessary, which is all fun, you know, to read about. Um, right. I, I'm excited because it just I like, I like that tension. I like that friction. I like that it's kind of millennials versus Gen Z in a way. Totally. Um, which and is I also like,
1: feel like that's, that is coming through on characters too. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen a lot of that. Like, I feel like the Gen Zers love Evan Mock and then the millennials are like, what's going on who with
0: is, the character? Who is that? Yeah. Right. Um, Evan Mock, I think of everyone in the cast was... So I, a lot of writer, writers' rooms have this, especially before a show is cast. You'll put up like your kind of like a vision board of like your ideal person for each character and it's often kind of like people you can never get on the show but just just have an image in your mind as you're writing them and Evan was was that character like Evan was the only I think the only one in the cast who was like the person who Josh had in mind for that role and
1: yeah I feel like there was an article that came out about that yeah was that like at first he was not interested and like through his conversations with Josh yeah because he's not an actor
0: Um, right but he just felt like right for it and like I think we've been like follow we've all been like obsessively following him
1: you know what I mean he's yeah, he's Evan Mock. Yeah, he's Evan, he, honestly, <laughs> he's Evan that, like, And meeting
0: him too, like that's that's all you, I could say. He's right, Evan Mock.
1: right, right. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I loved, I love hearing stories like that because it's like to probably write a character around like a very specific person and then have them kind of like blindly take that leap of faith into the show yeah. is probably like a really really exciting thing to work on.
0: Yeah, and it's it's like so brave to not be an actor and like suddenly throw yourself in this and like work really hard.
1: Totally. And, and it was actually awesome. Like a lot of the times I feel like there were people on Twitter that were like throwing a lot of hate. And then I feel like there was a great article that came out that was like, no, like he's a new actor. He his character is really socially awkward and is meant to actually show what it is like to be kind of someone who has a lot of social anxiety.
0: Yeah. Um, and, and we wrote to that because right, is like that.
1: Right. And I think we see a lot of that in society today. And it's kind of hard to capture that on screen. Mm-hmm. do you know what I mean
0: for sure yeah. so like it was
1: interesting at first I was like okay I don't know if I like love this character and then it kind of grew on me
0: yeah and he's like yeah. he's on a journey like as a right you know, as a as someone who's like le- you know learning to be an actor and but I kind of lo- I love yeah. that and like I don't yeah, think yeah you know, I think we loved it too and like
1: right what was the most challenging thing about this entire experience for you to date
0: I think we're like my worry about reception yeah coming from a being like A critical from a critical background, and a lot of the people writing reviews being like former peers or people I know because I'm very online, right? And like New York's media world was like was my world, and as a lot of my friends and and how I would absorb that, and I I think I've been a little bit tougher about it than I thought I would be because ultimately when you work on something, you feel proud of it no matter what, and like I've put a lot, we've put a lot of time into this show, and there's so much that goes into making something including, you know, scripts and casting and costume and set design and music. And I just feel like I've seen every part of it. And that's enough for me that I don't actually... I've been able to tune out the things that I thought would bother me. Right. But that was definitely, like, really hard.
1: Yeah, I can imagine Anticipating that. Anticipating
0: that was really hard.
1: Right. But you guys were the most viewed show on HBO and you got picked up for season two after episode one. Yeah. um So I think that, you know...
0: Yeah, it'll the bad reviews
1: can pour in all yeah. The at
0: some point, you're like, I have a job, <laughs> like yeah, I'm good. <laughs>
1: I mean, how did like you receive those news? Like, was that so exciting for you?
0: So, I don't know if it's official yet. I think people have just dropped that news.
1: Wait, what? The season two? Yeah. No, I fully saw it.
0: No, no, I know that outlets were dropping it. I don't know if HBO has actually confirmed it. <laughs> um,
1: wow, the fandom is real.
0: Yeah. So the
1: internet is a scary place, you guys.
0: Yeah. So, um, I, I but it wasn't fandom. I think it was like real sites.
1: No, I read it. Yeah. I don't remember. I read it on um, a news outlet. Yeah,
0: I'll just say we're 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 excited.
1: <laughs> um, a few questions for maybe some aspiring writers listening. Yeah, what is your go-to for writer's block?
0: Writing anyway, mm. and like I'm like as I'm saying this, I'm going to be a hypocrite because I don't always <laughs> do it, and I I'm like, unfortunately, someone who like. I'm like, I can only write when like the muses are speaking to me and like, that's how I feel like the best. So I, I don't have the strongest writing discipline. Like I am, I write when I'm inspired and that's just not realistic and it's not productive. So I feel like writing, like setting like a very tangible goal, like you would with like starting to go to the gym is like, I'm going to write half an hour a day at this exact time in this exact space. And even if it's not a script, even if it's not like going somewhere, even if it's just like a journal entry, like first doing that and pushing past it for that amount of time, I think is a good discipline. Um, I'm working on it more because I feel like it's, I just need to be constantly writing. And I think most writers would say like being a writer is just writing. And like, you need to be writing all the time to call yourself a writer. And I think that's the only thing that makes you a writer.
1: It's a muscle you absolutely have to work out every day. Yeah. yeah. And it
0: sucks. And like, sometimes you really don't want to do it. Right. And like, you know, like one of the good things about being paid to do it is like, you have no choice. No. Like, I have a deadline and people are holding me to it. But when you're starting out and to this, to me, for like, for me too, it's like, I don't want to write this pilot. No one's paying me to do it. Like, I, there's an off chance that someone will like it and read it. and. Make it or get me a job somewhere, but that's not sometimes enough motivation to actually do it. Yeah. So just like, do a little bit every day.
1: Yeah. Chip away at it. Chip away at it. Who is someone that you think every aspiring writer should be reading right now?
0: Ooh. I mean, honestly, I, I don't want to bring it back to Tavi, but I do want to bring it back to Tavi. it's Fine. just like her essays. Yeah. And anything she writes is just so deeply thought out, right? And invested in part of the cultural conversation, like. I would read the cut. I read the cut a lot. Um, I like to read the essays on the on the cut. Yeah. Um, so I, I feel like more than writers, I'm just like tuning into a lot of cultural criticism and what people have to say in general. Oh, yeah.
1: That's like um, the only thing I feel like I read now.
0: Yeah. I, I used to be a huge fiction person. Right. I'm definitely not. I mean, that ebbs and flows.
1: Right.
0: I feel like I'm I'm just reading a lot of essays right. lately.
1: Like besides you, my other favorite Twitter follow is Hunter Harris.
0: Oh, yeah. Exactly. Like, yeah subscribe to her Substack. Uh, uh, like, it's
1: like the joy of my yeah hopes. i'm just like waiting yeah. like I wait. what a, yeah, yeah I exactly
0: wait. that's that's a really good example of someone yeah. to be reading um it makes you feel like you're with the moment too a hundred
1: percent like i feel like if i need to if i'm preparing for like an episode where it's like someone i'm talking pop culture with i'm like okay let me go do my research on hundreds yeah. st- on hundreds twitter
0: yeah absolutely and like
1: yeah
0: i say this kind of eye but like reading twitter like it's chaotic but it also is just like gives there's a you, lot in there gives you everything
1: there's a lot in there yeah
0: like that, thats that was Zola it's it's like a platform for storytelling at its best yeah um so you like you know use it as such and maybe ignore the trolls and and all the things that are toxic about it but.
1: what do you think your best piece of advice is for navigating the writing world and kind of getting your foot in the
0: door take anything <laughs> <laughs> take anything I'm sorry don't take things that are abusive right. or they don't pay you. Or, right. um, I just, I I think it's absurd how much unpaid work I've done and, like, was fortunate and privileged enough to be able to do anyway. Right. But it's just, like, you know, know no your, no your worth. And um, I think write for yourself and, like, put it on a blog. Like, more than ever, put it on, like, sub, you know, your Substack or your Medium or just, like, start building a platform of your own thoughts and ideas and, like, kind of create an identity around that. Um, so you're, you know, you're this type of writer, you're this type of person. And uh yeah, I think that was really helpful for me and something.
1: Yeah, I love that. I think that's definitely true. I think a yeah. lot of people are like, oh my God, how can I write for this big thing? And I'm like, for writers, the world's kind of your oyster. Yeah. Writer.
0: I mean I like for me was like Tumblr was really huge for yeah. for us, you know? Yeah. Um and that might not be the platform of choice these days, but there's so many other things that are, are like that and share it. Send, you know, send pitches and submissions like don't have i guess writers have a lot of shame and like, a lot of fear about like coming off as egotistical or like pitching things or just like i'm embarrassed to ask this person to read this thing it's just like i i'd like to think people are, are kind and like josh was just like that way with me and like didn't owe me anything and just wanted to read a pilot because we became friends and like yeah. i will do that to for people too and i would like to think i'll I will always do that so just like don't be embarrassed to ask either and like if someone says no they're a piece of shit And that's that's that i love that yeah
1: gotta give it back you know full circle yeah, yeah.
0: i think that's how these types of industries work it's just yeah people giving each other chances
1: thanks for coming on today thanks guys for go me. watch gossip girl it's yeah just it's just do. fun like yeah. you will have fun watching it yeah um i'm so excited we got to catch up it's yeah has forever